Well, hello there. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And it's your night. It's your night. I feel like I'm, remember that, those, this is like Bill London, when Bill London always points at the camera like that. Um, we're, it's your question. So we put out a, a, a little notice a couple of weeks ago and said, what do you want to know? It's your question night, because you guys seem to like this, um, when you can ask questions. And um, I'll answer Probably anything. I mean, there's a couple things I thought I said the other day, I'll answer anything you ask me. And then I thought, wait, what if somebody asked me that? No, I don't think I'd tell them that. <laughs> so, so anyway, our sponsors tonight are Chris Dental Family Dentistry out of Eugene. And they also have a denture center now and a denturist on staff. And they'll be taking care of you and doing some stuff. Hey, I'm interviewing one of his people, experts on teeth, tooth brushing, teeth brushing, teeth brushing, brushing your teeth. Um, to find out what are the biggest mistakes you make. We're going to start doing stuff like that because I'm interested in that. I don't want to, I mean, you know how long you go along and you, you're you brushing forever and you realize that maybe I was brushing too hard or I shouldn't have been brushing like that. So anyway, that's kind of how we're, we're going to be doing some stuff. So you'll be seeing that coming, popping up. Um, and again, that's Chris Daniel Family Dentistry in Eugene. Other sponsor is New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. And you won't find Matt right now because he's on some island. I saw a picture of him. Um, I think he's actually a, a setting up one of the hyperbaric chambers for someone uh, in Florida. But he, you know, did bother to send a picture with a blue sandy beach to the guy in Montana who's um, there's nothing sandy or beachy about it. I wanted to send a picture the other day from uh, from the, the shoreline. It looks like the Oregon coast when it's not snowed in, but then we, it, it was really funny because it looks like, oh, shit, you know, and uh, but oh, base and tackle. What do you want? Pineapple or no pineapple on your pizza? Is that your question? Seriously? That's your question. OK, Rob, no pineapple. Fruit does not belong on a pizza except for tomato. If it's a tomato or a tomato. And one tooth per residence in your neighborhood. <laughs> Base and tackle Rob lives in a neighborhood where one tooth, that's all you need. You can tomp down on that shit. Hey there, Tim. Hey, Rick. <laughs> so Tim works with me and he's my friend and he's the one who put out the notice. And so he gets to look up the questions and yeah. he gets to ask him. Hi from uh, Tillamook. Rob is hysterical. Don't, don't tell Rob. him that. Don't encourage Rob. He thinks he's hysterical. Rob, he's, do you think that pineapple belongs on pizza or not? Yeah, Rob, what's the answer? I'm asking the questions. Yeah, so Tim has the question. So, Rob, what do you think? Do you like fruit on your on your pizza? <laughs> oh. Rick, how are you hanging in there today? Huh? How are you hanging in there today? I'm doing good. I bought my little portable heater down and to my office, my new little office. And yeah. then one of my viewers made this for me it's an indian artifact is that a is, it looks kind of like a big dream catcher but not totally it's kind of like there see it's really wow. pretty look at that thing are those feathers on the bottom yeah yeah they're red feathers she wow. made it for me and she made one for um also for james taylor and he has it she gets concert tickets from james taylor she made one of those for him wow what do you get huh what do you get I got something to put on my wall that's really bare so now <laughs> I, I actually have art you know <laughs> Oh, here yeah. he goes. Yes, he does. Unless you're a communist, pineapple, that is. 
So he says you're a communist if you don't like pineapple on your pizza. It is not my preference. Mine but is. I will tolerate it. I have tolerated. My wife will not. She must really? be. A, she must be a real communist. Yes, yeah, she and does. You guys make pizza quite regularly, don't you? Let's. Uh, she makes pizza once a That's, week. Okay. Yes. Can't I have. N I eat pizza. I have nothing to do with making pizza. But my <laughs> wife is an outstanding cook. Yes. So, so we, we did a little survey and started asking yeah. people what they want to know because people are always asking questions. Yes. And, and so what, what are, what are, let, go, go ahead. So you're going to be the right. interviewer tonight and you get to ask the questions. Yeah. So first off, I want to thank everybody for submitting your questions through that survey. Um, and, you know, obviously Mondays is usually your night, but this is, this is a much more direct approach. Um, we don't keep names on, on here. So, so there's no identity that's that's going to be revealed. If except you did, for Rob. If you, yes, except for Rob. yeah, except for Rob, which whatever. Yeah, he's used to it. He, yeah, the so, bald, the bald fart. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You have to have hair in order to uh, to maintain your your anonymity. Yeah, if you're bald, we we will totally because you're used to being exposed. We will expose you. This is a new movement right now. It is. We're just finding more ways to divide the country. Right. We're finding. We're going to tell. We're going to divide. We're going to now start a new thing to divide the country. Hairless and haired. Yep. 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 And and the people that are hairless are communists. No. <laughs> we're now we're moving back to McCarthyism. <laughs> okay. Let's start. Let's start. Okay. What this do you got? This is actually pertinent to to some of our conversation off camera today, but. How do you feel about people using pictures of you to make face, fake profiles on Facebook? I hate it. Um, it's been going on for probably a decade. And um, when it first started, I went on and um, the, actually the first, the first person it happened to is a woman from Boston. And she notified me and she'd gone to the police and I put out a notice. I saw I was pissed because I'm like going, you know, they're trying to get money out of these women. <clears throat> so I went online and kind of read the riot act to this, just said, hey, whoever you are, knock it off. Two days later, I got a bouquet from the FTD florist, came to my office in Eugene, and it was a it was a funeral bouquet. Whoa. I still got the picture. So it was a box and they were lilies and it had a note in it and said, we're sorry for your loss. We're watching you. Be very careful. Wow. Scared what a, what a indoctrination into that world. Well, so then I obviously I didn't do that again, but I spent 5,000 a year for to a company for about three years trying to find these guys and shut them down. And now what I find is Facebook and Instagram, I'll report them as pretending to be someone else, me, and they still don't pull them. Right. So there's really nothing I can do about it. I had three tonight, um, ladies in your, in England said, they call me lady bait. They said, you're now lady bait and your, your pictures being used all over these websites. Um, right. and, and there's, there's women that are on our page that have been very nice, but one lady lost like $170,000. Yeah. And she yeah. felt you've got two on now at this point. Yeah. Oh, to base and tackle Rob. I have, <laughs> I have several Rick Dancer products. <laughs> I use them for free stuff. I got a bunch of hair care products. We'll <laughs> see the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. So, yeah, it is a problem. I have been dealing with it for a long time. 
Um, and now I don't pay that much attention to it. I will thank people when they send me stuff. But I, 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 I mean, it's been really bad where they've called my wife. They've yeah. text, texted her or sent her emails and said, do you know what your husband's doing? He's having an affair on the side. And I had one lady, she just would not believe me. She said, I know it's you. And blah, 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 blah. And I finally just blocked her because wow. there's nothing you can do. But Now, yeah. do you have a standard response that, that you, you know, when somebody contacts you, and what do you what do you say to them? I used to talk to them. I mean, I'd go, you know, but then it got kind of weird because um, I mean, it got really weird because then some of them would kind of talk to you and go, well, so are you, you know, are, are you single? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm married because they were calling to kind of right if this was for real because they got burned. Some have been yeah. really depressed because they got really burned. And, you know, lost money. And those ones usually are pretty nice. It's the yeah. ones that are kind of trying to feel it out and say, you know, well, is there a chance that you're not? Because they find right, they're this, still in love with this, this, this person that has my picture. And, right. And they think that it's you. Right. Or they of, want it to be you. I've talked to guys in Nigeria who actually do this because they're on my page. I, In fact, if you look on my page, like who watches my show, they're like, Nigeria is the country, like maybe fourth down, you know, behind the mm -hmm. United States, number one. That, yes. that these guys, they watch and then they mimic you and they go on and they, they try to friend me and then they, you know, ask for money and stuff like that. And I'm going, you know, it's, it is crazy. But so I, I don't, I used to talk to them and, and I have made phone calls for like daughters have called me and their moms yeah. are older and are getting screwed and they're not. Oh. So I've called and said, that is not me. This is, you know, and that was really hard. Yeah, because um, they don't want to believe you and they start crying. And I mean, it's, it's not it's not fun. So I don't do anymore. I just don't have the time. I'm not going to do it. When it first started for the first eight years, I mean, I was pretty attentive to it. Yes. So it's just I, I just I, obviously the social media people don't care and I can't do anything. I've called the FBI. I've talked to police. There's wow. there's nothing I can do. So it's like I can't waste my time. So people just need to be really careful. If there's a face on there, I never believe that that's yeah. Bad is yeah I, anymore you don't give money out no no matter what yeah. and they always use the same story too oh here's vicky if it wasn't for them i would not have found your page and be able to follow you and i had i do have and <laughs> wow. vicky we appreciate that i do have a lot of women who've done that who now follow me and just are on there and they're fine with you know they yeah have, the yeah. real rick dancer yeah 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 christine says that's so messed up oh it's it's, it it's they're 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 stealing from women and that the guys in nigeria are young guys they have no i feel bad for them they have i've talked right. to them they have no money this is their only hope they just want to get to america and i said and they're and you know they're god-fearing people i mean they'll yeah. talk about god and all this stuff you know but then they i said but you can't you can't, you're stealing from people. You can't do that. But they're so desperate for money. I'm not sticking up for them. And you even had people that have offered you a cut to talk to people. Is that oh, correct? Yeah. I had one guy who said, if you do a FaceTime, we can convince this woman and she's got millions. She's ready to give me a million dollars and I'll share it with you. And I'm like going, yeah, but it's me, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, you're the one with something to lose not them yeah, yeah it's my face and it's my my reputation plus i'm not you know i'm not going to get to the steps of heaven and stand and look at god and him going really no, you yeah right yes. that's how you got rich <laughs> you said yes okay let's move on okay next question how many tattoos do you have and when did you get your first one 
I got my first one when I was 60 because my wife said, what do you want for your 60th birthday? And I said, I want to get tattoos. And she looked at me and went, why? And I said, I don't know. I just, I just want to. So I honestly don't know. One, two. I mean, I bet I have because they go all the way up and under and then on both arms up to here. Yeah. So I bet you yeah. I have. I'm going to say between 12 and 16. 12 and 16. Yeah. And I was there for the first one. Oh, yeah, because we taped it. We videotaped it. Yeah. Yep. And just for those of you who are wondering, Rick handled it like a champ. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. The only thing that hurts is white. And when they yeah. do a white one, and it really, because it, they, already, they already tattoo it, and then they go back with the white ink. And so it's on a sore. So it's like having a, a, a stab wound, and then they're stabbing it again. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I, would, I have two places with white. And then the next one, I had a mountain range down here, the crazies, and they all had snow on them. And I said to Jake Williams, he's my tattoo guy. I said, Jake, you know what? It's spring. Take the snow off. <laughs> I don't want I don't want any snow on it. So the picture had snow on it and he just made the mountains without snow. I said, I don't need snow. <laughs> Corey, Corey says, how can they be God fearing people and turn around and steal from you? I think the third commandment is thou shalt not steal. OK, but Corey, yeah, I, I'm. I, we're also judging. I'm not just. I'm not sticking up for what they've, what they're doing. I hate it, but right. I'm not living in their shoes. So these are people who they. I think they see this as an only way out. So yeah. I, I'm going to give them. I'm, I'm not giving them a break, but I'm going to give them some leeway because I can't judge when I'm not in their shoes. Morals mean everything. You're a rock star. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, they do. <clears throat> they do, and unfortunately, our country's kind of lost that whole value. It's like lying. When did I mean, truth doesn't even truth is the most truth is the most important thing, I think. And, and right now, I think it's a commodity that we crave, that people just crave right now and we can't find it. Everybody's right. lying to us. The media is lying to us. The politicians are lying to us. The, the product designers are lying to us. Uh, Bezos is lying to us. Zuckerberg's lying to us. I mean, they're all lying to us. And, and everybody just wants I'm going to show you something. I got this book. Hold on. <laughs> this is our new client that I was telling you about the other day. Mark, who is with Albert Taylor, wrote this book because he's an expert on this. It's the, the, the truth paradigm. The truth paradigm? Yeah. And I'm going to start reading it, this book, um, Mark Herbert. And he's going to start coming on our show once a month and giving little bits and pieces from this about what he's learned. He's a consultant and what he's learned from people about the truth and, and transparency and how important that's like the most important thing in human beings and in business right now is if you have that. I'm going to interject my own question to this onto this topic. Okay. Which, which do you think is more important truth or perception? Oh, to mean to me truth. Well, as far as it being impactful. Well, I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's hard because perception is perception is what people try you know, put out there to get around the truth a lot, I think. Um, so I think perception is what pe here's how I'd put it. Truth is difficult because it's real. Uh -huh. Perception is made up a lot of times and can be manufactured and manipulated. So I think to me, Tim, that's why truth is so important because it's like the bedrock. So it's like if you had a house 
the most beautiful part of that house might be the kitchen, but the kitchen doesn't mean anything without the foundation. Right. So if you don't, you don't, you may not pay attention to the foundation, but there, if, if you don't have that foundation, then the kitchen isn't going to be anything. So th does that make sense? So it the does make sense. Says, Look, here's this beautiful home and all this, but then they put it on cardboard, you know, in three years, kind of like the Biden administration, it's going to just go away. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hold on. Oh, here. Yep. Oh, people are answering truth. Pfizer oh, yeah. will tell the truth. Oh, yeah. But they're masters of creating perception. Exactly. So, but and what do people buy most easily? Perception. They do. To me, because I think truth is harder. Absolutely. And, and it it tattles on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ultimately, the truth comes out in the wash. Well, here's Maddie says, um, perception is short term, but can do damage long term. Yeah, it uh -huh. is. See, and that's the struggle, I think, that is if you cannot, even if you have truth, if you can't get perception to change, then what good is it? Well, because I think eventually, like what you're seeing happening right now with all the um, last three years of our lives, right. it's all starting to unfold and it's starting to come out where, you know, what we were told was not true. And it, I think sometimes... I. I think the truth does really set you free and, yeah. and it doesn't always, I think it can destroy people. Um, not truth. Well, truth can too, but perception yeah. can be, but I mean, there's people out there that have a new perception of me because I started standing up for what I believe in. But what they yeah. also do is they know that I will tell the truth as I see it. They may not agree with the truth that I see, right. but they know that I'm going to be truthful and, and stand by what I believe. And so I think, then how do you respond to a person that thinks that they're telling their truth, but it is actually perception? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's where I we're think that, that's the problem that we have right now in society. Yeah. Right? Because, because people came up with, we no longer have a moral truth. What we have is right. my personal truth. And I think yes. that's just horseshit. My personal truth. Well, you know, my personal truth says I should be a millionaire <laughs> and everybody should do what I tell them to do all the time and blah, blah, blah. But that's not right. the truth. But yeah, no. you're right. I think we've watered it down so much that it, I don't even think the truth matters to culture anymore. It's who wins. No, you know I agree. I mean? It is yeah. who wins. If you can win the message yep. that, that people will forgive the truth, they'll, 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 they'll start believing it. Right. I, I'm hoping in my soul that that's starting to change. Yeah. I think a lot of us, when when we were faced with that question, it it does come through the frame of like the media and the things that you hear. And the problem with that version of truth is that they create their own truth, which is perception. But the thing is, is that then they just come up with some other message that again is detracting from things, and you just forget about it as as time moves on. You know, so that perception that they created stays but now they're just adding more layers of perception on other issues and what right right and if they if, i think if they can just keep us confused and yeah. fear and fearful i mean right. i think that the the dark time was a, such an example of what fear can do to motivate people yeah. in in bad ways i mean where you right. you have people just i mean i look back and remember in those early days oh my gosh even i was thinking 
I mean, something's not, I always felt like something wasn't quite right. I mean, because yeah, I'm right. a journalist, you know, and if I can't ask questions, then I'm thinking, okay, you, that, that something's not good here. But, right. but you go back and look at, um, in the beginning, it was like they had, you know, remember when we were, they were, I remember when they, they were making the ventilators and there was a company in Eugene that had just gotten yeah. a contract to make these ventilators. And right. everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, I was still going to the gym. I was sneaking in and had a code to get into my gym and stuff. Yeah, right. It was like, I, I don't fear, but, but I, it was funny because when that was all going on, I had a business coach at the time and she was, our whole lesson was on. We were going through a don't be afraid. If you bring fear into your business, you can actually destroy it. Yeah. Because right. you're so afraid you will make those things happen just because that's what you fear the most. And you'll 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 create your worst nightmare. Absolutely. That's true for all of life, don't you think? I think so. I, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not very good at that, Tim, but it, it's it's like um, I, I really do believe that. But it's like when things start going in the shitter. And you start standing there going, oh, my gosh, everything's falling apart. And even, you, you know, you and I know some because you're yeah. typically my best friend. So you, you already know some things that are in my life right now. Some things are turning around finally yes. after a year. Right. And it's been a long year. And I knew this wasn't a mistake. And now I'm starting to feel like it really wasn't. But yeah. There, yeah. there was times in there when, you, when it was like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Starting, yeah. Now it's starting to. So that. You know, I think as I'm thinking about it through this conversation, we're not going to solve this this question right here. But I think the most important part between truth and perception, in my opinion, as as we're having this conversation is maintaining an open mind um, and a curiosity about things right. rather than just accepting everything for as it is. So if we talk about, you know, those that dark period, you know, a few years ago, right? I don't think that you can necessarily hold it against people for advocating for what they felt like was the right. truth, but they stopped questioning and stopped wondering if ultimately that was the truth, you know, right. That became their truth. And it was just as good as what we knew at the time. Right. Yeah. And it just hadn't progressed long enough. I think where it crossed the line was when their truth superseded mine because there was more of them. And right, they because they lost their ability to be open-minded. They couldn't right. look at you as another yeah. human being with your own opinions. And and not making it like, because I'm asking questions. That's the, yeah, I, I think right. sometimes people get this wrong. I'm not an anti-vaxxer or anti, I, I think COVID is real. But yes. it's not real, was was unreal, was how people just, just shut up, do what they tell you, and it'll be over. You're going, right. I don't shut up. I don't not ask questions. And it had nothing to do with something didn't feel right. So why can't it be like, oh, well, Rick, you know, you, OK, well, you do what you need to do. But no, you're endangering. You're killing people. You're I mean, that's right. where it became yes. absolutely over the top because they had lost yeah. all touch with reality and the right. ability to be open minded. And like the, the bumper sticker on their car, the parachute that has air in it because it opens <laughs> its mind. It was like there wasn't a fucking bit of air in that parachute. Right. Like, it had a hole in it, the si gaping hole, the size of Joe Biden's head. Yeah. And, and those like, people are still out there. Yep. And it's too bad because it's like, you know, and, and where's the, you know, look at all the hospital employees that got fired. Um, yeah, that's and, exactly. And others, federal employees yeah. that got lost their jobs. And it's like, oh, well, never mind. Like Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana, you know, 
Yeah. I was wrong. Oh, never mind. And or my my information wasn't 100% correct. Never mind. Yeah. You know, it's like where's the I'm sorry. Where's the hey, we shouldn't have done that. We overreacted. Because the thing yeah. is the problem with the perception thing is if we don't learn the truth, we don't ask the questions, those perceptions can go on and on and be manipulated more. Yeah. Yeah, they're just perpetuated. Fauci's still saying nobody should be asking about all these young people dying if that has to do with the vaccine. Why yeah. not? Right. Should be asking these questions. I mean, we, I mean, it's a valid question, even it if is. it's not true. It doesn't. It's still worth asking, right? Right. To say, I want to know what is happening and why. I mean, Kathy and I are like shocked. We're just yeah. Every, I'm watching people, and they go, "Oh, well, you know, this has been around for a long time. Well, how come we never heard about it?" <laughs> you know, right. I'm like, exactly. that's why we question the open mind wants to know the true answers. Right. And Tom, you ne might never get to that truth, but you just keep digging and digging and digging. Yeah. Doctors were released, too. And now it's funny how these I'm hearing, you know, that I heard a soundbite from remember the doctor with the long. He's an Indian from India um, at Stanford. And I had him on. my Yes. Show, which yes. Was that was great. Line. He was on today. I heard him on the radio. Um, talk. Yeah. Super interesting. He was saying, um, bringing up more information and how he was, how he was completely shut down. And now a bunch of the things he was saying yeah. are all came true. So the perception of right now, right. But the perception <laughs> they painted doesn't add up to the facts that are happening. Right. Right now, so. Exactly. Okay. Now, so what do you feel like was the best thing that came out of that dark period? The best thing. Um, how much for me, uh -huh. I, th the first thing that comes to my mind is how much I, cr I, I crave and appreciate freedom. Yeah. You know, whether it's freedom to carry a gun, whether it's freedom to put my kids in school. I mean, it brought out this radical side of me where I now look and go, huh, -uh. you know what? I wouldn't trust a university for anything anymore. <laughs> you know, I was listening to Jordan Peterson this morning talking about universities. This is his latest episode. You need to watch it, Tim. Yes. Okay. And he has another professor. And he was on Joe Rogan, too. Huh? He was on Joe Rogan uh, like two days oh, ago. Oh, I'll have to go look at it. This one he's yeah, talking Joe about. Was the best conversation with him ever. The, the interesting thing on this one is it was the conversation was about how um, – how that it, the, uh, they dumbed down because of racism stuff. They dumbed down the entry system. And it used to be that uh, to get into an Ivy League school, you had this, it, it, you knew if you were an employer and they got through that process, even if they didn't do great in school, you knew it was a quality person. Well, they've yeah. dumbed it down so much to get rid of more Asian and white men that now it's so bad that the businesses are going to other colleges, like smaller schools, because they know their entrance exams are better. Wow. They're, they're not even requiring SATs at some of the Ivy League schools now because oh they had to take it away because the people they're letting in weren't smart enough to do the SATs because everything has to be equal. We need 10.3 black people, 10.3 Asian people, 10.3. I mean, I'm making up numbers. Right. They right. equaled it out so much that it's not the best of the best. Now it's quotas. And it's, just, and they said their bet is in this thing is it's going to destroy the Ivy league system, which I kind of find funny. 
myself. <laughs> but that's just me. I don't think I'm not when when rich snotty people get caught up in something, I'm kind of thinking it's kind of funny. So yeah, no doubt. Okay. Uh let's do okay, here's one. What will it take for all Americans to stop the rhetor rhetoric and get this country back on track? Wow. I wish I knew. Yeah, right. Everybody says that. I think it's I think it's, you know, I think everybody like we were talking earlier, so I, I mean people kind of have to humble themselves and look at what what are people bringing to the table? It's almost like a big forgiveness party or something. But, yeah. but but that can't happen personally, I don't think, I think this is going to get worse before it gets better because I think you've had a group of people, Donald Trump kind of brought this out. I think there's a, for years, uh, and I'm just going to be really blunt about this. The, yeah. the, the far left has run the conversation and done a really good job of creating a message that makes me feel like I'm doing something. And the Republicans, the more right wing had done a terrible job. So, and, and so it kept, kind of going down, you know, it was just, it became more and more, especially in Oregon, more and more left. And the people on, in the middle and on the right had very little voice and it was okay because they were right. Yeah. Um, right. You know, that kind of attitude. Well, I think now when Trump came in, I think that's what people didn't understand about him. He's a knucklehead, but he was, he was going to drain the swamp and he gave voice to this whole group of people and they feel, now they remember what it felt like to have a voice and they're not going to go away. They're not yeah. going to apathy got killed in that breath right there. Um, and so now you've got a, a group here and a group here. And then this huge group in the middle where apathy is still uh, rampant. Yeah. So these two are battling out here and all of us in the middle are sitting here trying to figure out what to do. But I think people are starting to I'm seeing more people right of middle um, getting to a point where it's like, uh-uh, not going to put my kids in public school, not going to go to university. I mean, it's, it's really taking the whole system and blowing it up. And yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, I've heard people talk about, you know, that's what, that's, what, that's what the left wanted all these years is to blow up the system. I don't think this is the way it was supposed to happen, but I think now you, because you woke, you woke up a lion and now- right. For years, one one lion roared, and now there's two lions, and they're both very angry, and they and and they're and they're not going to back down. And I and and the, I kind of think it's an okay thing. I, if people, you know, if they can if they can work this out and get to a point, maybe you have to get to a point where everything goes to hell in a handbasket, so that some reasonable people can step forward as politicians and say we need to do what's right for people, not all this other stuff. So I don't know. My, that would be my answer is I don't think we're going to do anything. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And eventually I think something will change, but I think it's going to have to, the system's going to have to be, I mean, blown up. I mean, the political. So do you think that perhaps maybe it's this country starts coming back together um, for, through politicians? So for example, let's say, both the right and the left side started working together because they needed you to solve something that that would set the example for other people on both sides to come together and start seeing each other. Yeah. You hope, but I don't know, Tim, you know what? I, I just, I mean, I ran for office, so I was yeah. one of them. And I just, I don't think, I don't think politicians can do it. <laughs> I, you know, on either party, I think they both suck. I think they all suck. 
Yeah. And I don't think that they can bring this together because there's, I mean, look what happened with, with um, picking the new speaker. McCarthy. Right. I mean, you know, they all had their reasons and they had this, but it was like a cluster screw. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. oh my God, you, for the first time in how long you have power in the house and you can't even figure out what the hell you're doing. And it's all part of a game. And I mean, I think people are just sick of it. They want yeah. people in there who are going to do the job and maybe there'll be enough pressure from the public that that can change. You're asking good questions. You, you and your, yeah, whoever were throwing in their questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Afraid there's, I, Tom says he's afraid there's too much corruption. I'm not even, I mean, Kathy and I say this one day, you know, we hear the next, you know, okay. First Trump finds, you know, oops, classified documents. Oh, dang. Yeah. That's a, most people would go to jail for that. Oh, now, and Biden's out. Oh, you terrible man. And now Biden, oops, whoa, oh, found those. And then they don't even release it because the election's happening in three days. So they don't release it till after the election. Oh, that's convenient. Yes. And, and the vice president, Pence, it's like, there's so much corruption. I don't even think they know what right and wrong is anymore. You know no, what I probably mean? Probably not. Because if you can, both of all of them, if you can talk your way out of this thing and convince somebody that you're doing it, well, I, I, I didn't know. Well, how come if my friend who works in, in, um, at, at, uh, at, at the FBI, if he went home with classified documents, he'd be put in jail. Right. I mean, jail. Yeah. It's like, and, and now we're sitting here and it's like, uh, you know, and then Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, it's just, you know, no, there's, it, it, how did this happen? I mean, so I think people have lost total trust in the system, the FBI, the DOJ, presidents. I mean, so that's where, and I honestly, personally, just, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, yeah. mean, I mean, yes, it's uncomfortable and things are not, you know, pretty and the economy is all sucky and all that. Yeah. But I don't think, um, I don't think it's going to get any better very fast. No, uh, no, no, absolutely not. Okay. Next question. This is a good one. What you could do an entire show on this, by the way. What are your and Kathy's secrets to a good long marriage? Um, communication, <laughs> um, talking things out. Um, you know, and I think honestly, just for us, it's just um, you never say the D word. We've never there's been times when we didn't want to do this anymore. I mean, I can think of two times in our 40 years where it was like, I'm just done. Yeah. And she was done. We didn't want to do it anymore. And you somehow, um, you know, you get to a point where you just talk it out and you put it behind you and then you start over and you go again. And, you know, cause nothing's, it's a hard when you get, I mean, we've had a hard time this last year cause we're, that's why I have this office now is because I felt like I need to go somewhere. So I come home to somewhere. So I'm not in her space all the time. Cause she right. was with the boys and she's doing our business stuff, but it's there. Yeah. So it's like, we had to have some separation cause we drive all the way to the gym together and all the way back. So there's an hour and a half that we're together in the car. And so it's just too much time where you don't have any space, you know? So, right. I think I'm fortunate because Kathy doesn't let things slide. I have been to therapy too. I mean, back in my thirties, um, she went to counseling and I went to therapy, um, to get over, um, issues and it wasn't, it wasn't marriage stuff, 
but it was causing yeah. problems for each of us, which would have and was affecting our marriage. Yeah. So it wasn't, we didn't go to marriage counseling we separately, but I went and had to get over some, some dad shit and um, had to figure out who Rick Dancer really was. And that's still a process. So yeah, um, yeah I know people come on and say, oh, you guys have that? What? You know, we have a great relationship. I love my wife. And, you know, for us just personally too, I just think it's a God thing too, because yeah. I mean, I we put a lot of trust there, you know, and, and it's just when we have, we do though, when something, you know, there'll be times when we sit in the car and then all of a sudden something comes up and we just start talking about it. And sometimes it's not pretty. Um, but you know, we, we battle through it. And my wife is, you know, she used to be, people would consider her like more of a, a less aggressive person and she is less aggressive than I am and stuff. But when it comes to our relationship, she's super aggressive. Uh -huh. and it's like if something's not working, she'll come right out and say, okay, something's not going, something's going on. What are you doing? I need to know what this is. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think it's just going through those uncomfortable moments and we've had a lot of them, you know, cause yeah, it sounds like from what you're saying that there's like this um, kind of everlasting commitment to both working on the relationship and yourselves at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And you, and you, and I, I think we're fortunate because we have things that we both like to do together. We're very adventurous. I would right. be less, I would be less adventurous without her. Um, yeah. She's much more, you know, while well, I go, I, I mean, I think sometimes honestly that my wife has a, she's almost has a, like, she's fearless to a fault. I mean, like, like I go, <laughs> I'm thinking, honey, that is no, that is just dumb. You can't, we can't do that. But then there's other, so there's this fine line, but then there's other times when I'm just done and she just goes, just come on. And, and, and now that I'm, you know, listening to some other stuff on, you know, I, I figured I considered, you know, Jordan Peterson, my, my, uh, my therapist right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, say something. And what am I so afraid of? I, we were skiing and we used to downhill ski and all that stuff, but we were on cross country skis and they're like this big. And so going down the hills, like you come up to a hill and Kathy and I were, you know, going, Oh my God, how do we, you know, these things are so wobbly. And so yeah. we were sitting there and finally she kind of, we started climbing down a little bit on the hill. And then I just looked at her and I said, just aim forward and go. And so we did that. And then it was like the rest of them were just flying down, but it was just making <laughs> up in your mind what it was you were going to do. So we, we help each other that way. And I think she really honestly helps me more in those yeah. kind of things than I do her, but I help her in, in areas of, you know, getting out in the public and being around right. people and stuff like that. So, yes. you know, no doubt. it's a, uh, it's definitely a, um, it is a commitment and we made it. And I, I mean, I don't know what I do without her. You know, Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't um, no, I go home. That's my best. That's what I miss the most about working at home. Yeah. Yeah. Is when I, when I used to, my counselor, uh, my business counselor said to me, what's the best part of your day? And I said, when I'm done with my show, I get in my car and I drive home and I walk in the door and shut the door and it's mine and Kathy's world and nobody else gets to be here. Yeah. Jim, I have lived my entire life in the public eye. Yes. I don't even know what it's like to not be in the public eye. Right. And so that's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of mean people and there's a lot of joy and, and really cool things in that. But when I'm at home, I don't want to be Rick Dancer anymore. Yeah. So when I shut that door, um, I am Kathy's husband. 
Right, and she affords you the opportunity to do that. And she doesn't have to sit there and go, whoa, what happened at work today? Because she she doesn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming up now on one year. That was this weekend that you moved to Montana, right? Yeah. And so what is the one thing that you feel like has been the most surprising in your transition to, um, you know, becoming a Montanan? Um, probably, honestly, probably, um, I think when, when I first came here, I was just walking up. I was, it was, it was like, I had to get rid of Rick Dancer because nobody knew who he was. So when you've lived your entire life, or at least, you know, from 25 on when I became a news guy, um, you know, in the public eye, everybody knew who you were. I didn't have to introduce myself. So I didn't know how to, yes. I didn't have to go find friends. People found me and then I could become friends. So here <laughs> I'm going up to people in Montana. Hey, you know, trying to find something to talk to them about. Hey, cool beard. You know, I'm beards and tattoos were my puppies. You yeah. know, I just go so yes. talking to people and people kind of like I was coming on too strong. And I'm thinking for me, I thought, yeah, I've, gr- I've grown up you already know me. So now all I have to do is just warm the situation. Yeah. This was jumping in. And I was, I think I was coming on too strong with some people. And someone, one guy says, I thought you were hitting on me. And it's like, no, I was just trying to make friendship, trying to be friends. So it was trying to learn how to do things, not just like as a Montanan, but like as a, a private person. Yeah. Still in the public eye. This is the weirdest thing with my life. In Oregon, I'm still like a public person. And I, I do have people here that know me, you know, as a public person. Yes. But, but I'm living two lives. So I'm a private person living in a public life. And here I'm living. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's learning how to maneuver that and, and um, you know, and make mistakes, but but not let them, you know, take you out of the stuff. So, yes, I think I that makes sense. That's that and that really has been the most difficult part is 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 getting Rick Dancer in his place and then Rick Dancer in his place. And, yes. And, you know, shut, shut up, be quiet, stop it. I hate you. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> what, uh, here's another question. What was your first car? My first car was a Datsun 510 <clears throat> red four door with little mag tires on it. It was a stick <laughs> shift and it had an automatic choke. It was a 1971 Datsun. I paid $2,000 for it. My twin sister and I bought it together. I drove it all the time. So finally I had to pay her $1,000 because she was never driving the car. And I owned it. Yeah. It's a cool little car. Wow. I had a super tuner in it too. Like a Pioneer super tuner it was a stereo back then that had these, you hit this button and the speaker go boom. I mean, <laughs> that was cool. It was, that was probably pretty impressive. Oh, it was. In my own, to me, that's just your perception, right? Yeah, my perception. It's not necessarily the truth. No, no. Okay. Most rewarding thing about your job? Um, it's weird because when you say that, I go back to my old job. You know, okay. It's like you go, okay, so what's that? Um, I think it's like today I, I saw uh, a kid online and he's doing kind of what we did and He's just taking this job in the mountains of New Mexico. Yeah. And so I wrote him and said, hey, can I tape up an interview with you today? So 
I taped up this interview and I love that. I love, I wish I could do more of just interviews like that all the time, you know, just right. interesting people. Um, so no, that's the most, and, and when you know that you help somebody, like somebody comes up and says, thank you for doing that for us. That was really not, that was really cool. You really helped us get that out or I'll finish a show and they'll call me and say, man, you asked such great questions. I never even thought about that before. Yeah. And that really helped me. That's the best day. You know, those are the good days when you go, yeah, I, I like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, from your news days, what, what do you think, um, as a positive was the most impactful, um, interview you did on the positive end of things? So many though. I mean, really, honestly, the Thurston high school shooting was probably the biggest life changer for me. And you would say that that was a negative thing though. I'd say that was a positive thing. The, the, oh, the okay. event itself was negative. Yes. But that, that event is when I fell in love with Springfield, Oregon Uh huh. more than being a story or, and I also learned that, you know what? Cause I cried on, on national television. Yeah. And, and I learned that I don't, that's when I started figuring out that, you know what, if I just be me, that's what I need to do. I don't need to be who they tell me to be or who they think I'm supposed to be. I just need to be Rick Dancer. Yes. And so that, that story while traumatic and everything, but I met so many neat people out of there that I'm still in contact with, um, who survived and showed me how powerful people are, you know, yes. I mean, how amazing. And there's tons, Donna Reem from the Dairy Mart killings, yeah. Philip Madsen, a little boy who was lost in the woods and found dead later. But, um, I mean, stories like that, that just impact your life that you never, um, you know, I hope that when life is over that, I don't know, you know, if there's a, a place where, where God's hanging out and I hope that what, what would be my ideal, um, paradise would be to walk in and have God go, okay, Rick, like see these people here. Yeah. You did stories on all of them. <laughs> you changed their world and they changed yours. So yeah. I want you to all kind of hang out for a little bit. Right. That'd be a really cool experience to just, and the ones I forgot, that's the ones that would be the greatest, you know, the people I forgot. I remember, right. I remember a story I did on a guy who had cancer and he was at a fishing camp in Elkton. Um, and the, all, all, it was a camp for all these guys who, who were dying. And I went and did the story and this one guy was super cool. And I started interviewing him and we just clicked, you know what I mean? There's just people like you and me, there's, you just, you know, you're yep. going to love these people just because you, you know, it. so we, we clicked and we were talking and I said, you know, I was asking him, I said, so, Hey, can I do a, a longer interview with you? Just, you know, about, and ask you really personal questions. He goes, sure. So I was asking him stuff like, what would you say to your wife when you're, when you're dead? Yeah. What do you want her to remember? And he had two kids. What do you want this kid to remember? What do you want this kid? What would you say to them? What's your most proud moment? Um, you know, on and on and on. And then we get done and he goes, God, thank you. That felt so good to do that. Yeah. I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? And he goes, what? And I said, I'm going to put that on a DVD. And when you die, I'm going to send it to your family. And he goes, yeah. dude, really? I go, yeah. So we kept in contact. And then I was, I told him, 
I'm going to announce in, in two weeks that um, I'm going to run for secretary of state. I'm quitting the news business. And yeah. he goes, well, Rick, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to vote for you. And I said, why? He goes, cause I probably got a week. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to get that DVD to your family. So give me the address. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he passed away. I mailed it to his family. And then his wife called me and she goes, oh my God, we all just sat there and sobbed watching him say things to us that we never would have heard. And just right. thank you so much for doing that. And that that's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, makes my life feel like it was worth um, all the other, all the shit that comes down is when you get to do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, oh yeah. Tom, Tom just put on here your Frank Moore interview. Yes. Yeah. Frank Moore. Well, he changed my life. I mean, he taught, yeah. he was like a grandpa I never had. And, I can imagine. And just teaching, just putting his arm around you, you know, when you, when, when he put me and I met him, I was the first guy to do a story on him before he was famous. Really? OPB and all them came after. But yeah. Yeah. First story on him years. I mean, it was, it was when I'm hot dog machine, you know, hot dog mobile and, and uh, he agreed to talk to me and then everybody started covering him. And then I did several stories on him over the years, but right. um, you know, when he'd put, he'd put his arm around you and you just felt like, Oh my gosh, this is what God's like. I bet. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, was, he was helping me to fit and he goes, Rick, now just relax your wrist. And, but he's holding on to me. And I remember like thinking, I'm not like a fisherman. And yeah. but I, I've got one of the best fishermen in the world doing this, but none of that mattered to me. Right. Just the way I felt yes. with him embracing me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. and I'm thinking, I wonder if this is what it feels like to have a grandfather. Cause I never had. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I got to talk to him before he died and, <clears throat> and his daughter's still in touch with me. Yeah. Um, we're very close to that family. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a ton of people have, I, you know, I, there's a, <laughs> now you make me want to just tell stories. <laughs> I feel like that. Just telling stories some night. Um, there's a guy in sisters and his name was Mr. Sister. They called him Mr. Sisters. And he was an older guy, did everything, um, he, he did everything for the town, you know, it, that needed to be done. He owned the airport at one point, and just a real humble dude. And yeah. I mean, we're doing a story on him, but in between we're just chatting. And I literally said to him, you know, if, if you were like 20 years younger and I was 20 years older, I bet we'd be like best friends. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I think so. He goes, I really like you. And I go, I really like you too. And we just chatted, you know, and then he said in the story, I'd ask him, so what do you want your epitaph to be? What do you want on your headstone? And he said, I just wanted to say my name and a date and then to say he tried. <laughs> yep. And so fast forward years, people are asking me, what do you want? I said, I, I want to be cremated, but I want to be in a grave and I want a headstone that says he tried. Yep. And I don't, I never remembered that where it came from. And then I found that story in my archives one day and I was just sitting there watching it. And when it came up and he said that, I went, oh, I got it from you. You yes. impacted my life that all I wanna do in my life is try. It doesn't matter if I'm successful, I just wanna try. Yeah. And so see Tim, how I mean, how these people 
all these people, the Frank Moores, the, they, they have been in the tapestry of my, my story and they have created, they have helped create me into the man that I am today and continue to be evolving. And now I'm in yes. a new state and these people will do that if I allow them to, to come in and change the way I perceive the world and perceive my life. And I feel like that's why I moved to Montana more than um, I needed some separation from Oregon yep. I needed to get away um, to clear my head because of the madness. And yep. to be, you know, honestly, I had to come here to be me again. Yeah. I was starting to not be me and I had to find Rick. I had to find yep. out where he was. And when I got here, that Rick is dying. And this new Rick is coming up where my neighbors are coming in and cleaning up my driveway for me, yeah. not asking, doing it completely different than I would do it as an Oregonian, which doesn't mean yeah. it wrong. But I'm wearing this, there's a more, there's this, this purity level that I'm finding here that I am so attracted to where it's like, you do, you, you don't ask somebody, can I help you? You go help them and then let them, and, and before you ask, whereas I grew yeah. up, you make sure I would never go start plowing someone's driveway. Right. Oh my God. The way it made me feel when he did, I want to make somebody else feel like that. So I want to yeah. do things that nobody expects me to do. So this is like the evolution of a dancer. So people can think I hate Oregon, but you're fucking wrong. I don't. Yeah. Right. I hated what it was doing to me and my wife. And I needed to get someplace where I could evolve into the Rick dancer that I'm going to become. And yeah. it wasn't going to happen there in that place with the way things were happening. So right. um, it is unbelievably um, crazy. And I, I uh, yeah. You know, on a, on a personal note, getting back to um, the epitaph thing, like I, I can't wait actually for you to get up to that point, you know, where God gives you all of those people, you know, that, uh, that, they impacted your life like that, right. but the amount of people that you impacted their lives that you don't even know about, right. even on the smallest of level, you know, and with the guy and sisters and the epitaph thing, I can, I've, I will never forget the time that you told me that story the first time. Um, because for me, there's from that moment on, there's never been a better option for an epitaph. Right. How, you know, and the the good thing for me is that I know who told me that immediately. You know, I don't even have to think about it. And See, it his, his story then lives through me, through you. Yep. And yep. that's <clears throat> I think that's how this whole thing is supposed to work. Yeah. And what we've done is we've allowed people to tell us how to live. Yeah. Whereas we can decide for ourselves how to live. Right. And it's not bad if I do the vax or I don't do the vax. It's not good if I do that. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's for me, that's that, that, that all sums it up. You know, yeah. my life is about trying to do my best yep. and trying to do the best for people around me that God puts into my life. And, yep. and, you know, there's a, another story somewhere down the road with you and me. Yeah. And right. We, you know, we've gone through some really good <laughs> stuff together. Absolutely. And, and I think um, <clears throat> it's, and if we don't talk about, not you and me, but if we don't talk about this kind of stuff with people, yeah, Benjamin says, Tim, exactly. The good you do to others or they do to you can be life-changing. Yeah. So what if, 
I, I, you know, we're going to have to get, we have to do this again because we we're do. at 55 minutes. And yep. if it gets past a minute, an hour, then I have to edit it to get it. <laughs> yeah, but I can't do it. that. So, you know, but the thing is, I think if we all examined our lives a little more and our motivations and our perceptions yeah. and our truth, um, we'd be, that's kind of what I get out of this whole conversation is, um, it, it doesn't have to be like this. And some people will leave. And <clears throat> I think I, I said this in a blog and I think we all have to leave yes. not Oregon. Right. But who we were yesterday. Yeah. And who to find who you're going to be today. Right. And then who you're going to be tomorrow. But if we get stuck in these ruts and for us, it was just, it was time to get a big move, a big place. Yeah. And, right. And other people are going to do Benjamin. You're going to hear on Wednesday. He's on here talking, right? That's Ben right there. Yeah. But he's going to be on here Wednesday and he's taking, he's doing something you do. <laughs> he's like crazy. Yeah, okay, great. Can you wait? <laughs> and, um, oh, Liz says, this is the best show ever and you need to do it again. Okay. Yeah. We should, we should come back and, and do like, we do this. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Yep. I would rather do this sometimes than some of the other stuff that you know ends up happening because yeah. um, it's real life, and hopefully right. people can learn from that. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody, you know, for tuning in and and contributing your questions. And you know, obviously, we couldn't have done this without you. So, um, so we're obviously we are going to do this again, and when the opportunity comes up throw a question on the survey and let's, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. And I like that we didn't come up with great answers all the time. I mean, we still don't no, know. We don't perception, have but I, you're making me think about perception and truth. I'm going to have to go examine that in my car. I'm going to call, I'm going to call Jordan Peterson and see what he thinks. You should. I know Except, you got his, I got it. You got him on speed dial, oh, but I'll still have to go to the dictionary and figure out the words he's using. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy at the gym. I said, you ever listen to Jordan Peterson? He goes, yeah, I love him. But he says, sometimes I just have to take a break because I don't, he's way smarter than me. <laughs> he's the greatest thinker of our time. I think I whether you agree or disagree. Yeah, I agree. All right. And another person you can put, he tried on his epitaph for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So you and I have a meeting tomorrow. Yes, we do. Okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. All right. See you, Rick. Have okay. a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, so there you go, guys. That's if you want to get real Rick Dancer, that's real Rick Dancer. <laughs> that's what you get. Um, we want to thank our sponsors, Chris Daniel Family Dentistry. We cannot do this without them. And so if you are looking for a dentist, um, please check them out, find out more about him. And New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. Uh, Matt has great specials going on all the time. Hyperbarics is awesome. Light therapy, awesome. And they also do massage. So you can really spoil yourself very well. And let them know that you saw it here because that helps us and that helps them as well. All right. We'll talk to you later. I got to get this done before I got less than a minute to get it out there. Oh my God. So much pressure. All right. And from the very cold, minus five tonight, Montana, I'm going to go home and build a fire in the wood stove in the basement and get the heating system moving. That's what you do when you're a Montana man.